All right, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to the second part of the post-game show. I'm Jeff Hartman, senior editor behind the steelcurtain.com. Joining me as always, Dave Schofield, Brian Anthony Davis, and we are recapping the 15 to 10 win by the Pittsburgh Steelers on the road in Cleveland. AFC North football, it's 15 to 10. It's ugly, whatever, doesn't matter. The Steelers find a way to win. They've won three games in a row. They're four and three. They leapfrog over the Browns in the division rankings. And now all of a sudden with the with the Bengals bungling a win away in New York, things have gotten really interesting in the division. Uh, we're going to talk about the defense here and all that good stuff. Before we do that, I want to get another tip from David Moya. Thank you very much. He said $5 tip. He said, is an elite O-lineman and a fifth-round pick too much to ask for Eric Ebron and James Washington? I'm going to answer this on my own and say, yes, um, you're not going to get yeah. anyone elite for either of those players. And you probably won't get a fifth round pick either. So, um, it, you know, this isn't Madden. Uh, a lot of people, they always, uh, it's just like Matty Peverell and his draft analysis when he trades 27 times and ends up with 400 draft picks for the Steelers. So um, it's just, it's just not going to happen. He's going to defend just, that too. You know that. Yeah, We're gonna, you know, you know, well, for sure. Right. And I expect it. If he doesn't, I'd be disappointed. Well, let's talk about this defense for a second. The Cleveland Browns, let's talk about the rush defense first. I'm not talking about Faker. Baker Mayfield sucks. We'll talk about him in a second. I hate that guy. Uh, the Browns, they ran the ball 23 times for 96 yards, an average of 4.2, and you're thinking, oh, that's not too bad. The Cleveland Browns offensively ran the ball. They were the best rushing offense in the NFL, averaged 170.4 per game. Like That's incredible. They held Nick Chubb to 61 yards on 16 carries, and that was with a 21-yard long run. Guys, let's talk about the run defense first and foremost. Dave, I'll let you go first. Yeah, the only other time this year that the Browns have not rushed for more than 100 yards was against the Arizona Cardinals. And I'm trying to look it up right now to see how many times they even ran the ball. It's because they only ran the ball 19 times. You know what I so it's because they were down so much in that game that they gave up on the run. The Steelers, what was so good about what the Steelers were doing is that how much of this game did the, was the game either tied or the Browns had the lead, and yet they weren't running the ball. And a lot of people were surprised that they weren't running the ball as much, but that's because there were some, some key plays where the Steelers made big stops on the run. I mean, that fourth down run play, I'm sorry, Cam Hayward just blew that thing up. He made that whole play become something else that it was not supposed to be, where he was bouncing it outside and everything. So I felt that it was that it was that the Steelers' defense was just stepping up to the challenge of of trying to to stop the run without just completely having to com sell out to the run so bad that they were just going to let the ball get thrown all over them. Okay, Brian, what are your thoughts about the run run defense? Man, it's just like the last couple of years when you're the team that holds Lamar Jackson and anybody that's running the ball for them to under 100 yards, or even if you hold a team like that to 130, man, you stopped Nick Chubb. And guess what? I played him in FanDuel today, figuring he would go off. I hope I lose FanDuel because of <laughs> Nick Chubb. You know, I have no problem with that because when it comes down to it, they stopped these guys. They made Baker have to pass more, and that's it. Now they, you got to also remember they reeled off like a twenty-two yarder at one point, and they had uh, some. They had a period. Actually, I'd like to see how many they had in the first quarter. 
because the first quarter, excuse me, the first possession, because they looked pretty good on that first drive of the game as well. The running team, I, I bet you they got a quarter of their yards on that first possession. That's the running game because the Steelers really, somebody mentioned to me when they came out and they were running the ball well on the Steelers to start the, the third period. I'm thinking at this point, yeah, they, they've adjusted just like the Seattle adjusted against them, but it didn't happen. This team plays blue collar football on defense and they shut down the best offensive line and the best running game in the league. When I say shut them down, if you hold them under 100 yards, yeah, you shut them down. Yeah, and there's people out there saying, oh, well, they lost Conklin mid-game, and I get that. But, I mean, my goodness, it's not like the Steelers are throwing out Stefan Tude and Tyson Alulu at the same time. I mean, they have injuries as well. Kudos to the defensive front. Um, I I thought that one play, if I can think about one play that epitomized the Steelers' run defense was the Alex Highsmith uh, coming from behind and dropping Nick Chubb in a really critical part of the game for either a loss of one or no gain. So uh, I thought the Steelers' rush defense was absolutely phenomenal. I had said on my Let's Ride, Let's Ride podcast that uh, if they could keep them around 100, like that would be a good job, and they did just that. Let's get some super chats here. Connor Eddy gives us $1.99. Is the O-line finally legit? Who's standing out? Well, we talked about that, Connor, in the first earlier or in the show. Hope you check it out. I just think it's not one person in particular. I think they're just gelling as a group. They're, they're getting some experience. I think that's how you have to look at it at this point in time. Uh, we have a couple others here. David uh, Moya gives us another $5. If it wasn't you guys, I would try to defend my lack of NFL intelligence. LOL. By the way, who's bad? Go Steelers. There you go. <laughs> Brian's bad. Um, all right, let's go. Outside Steeler fan gives us four ninety nine. Says Ben's the new, the new mayor of Cleveland. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna point everyone to Kyle Christ. Kyle Christ is one of the co-hosts of What Yin's talking about, and he does some really funny videos online. And we retweeted it. Got a ton of views, ton of shares. His v- Cleveland visitor video was I've watched it probably about 25 <laughs> so times good. and it starts off with just two Browns fans punching each other. It gets hysterical. Like it is so funny. Kyle Christ, check out his Twitter view or check out behind the steel curtain. Um, it's he is just so funny. It's hysterical. Yeah. So, all right. Um, let's talk about old Faker Mayfield, that piece of, you know what, um, Baker Mayfield 20 for 31, 225 yards, 7.3 average, no touchdowns, no picks sacked four times. 86.1 rating. I think all Steelers, the fall four sacks were in the first half. I they believe. were. Um, so, but for me, I want to start out by saying, I, and maybe someone mentioned it when I was gone real quick. What a dumb game plan, in my opinion, for the Browns. <laughs> like you could have just come out and just lined up and run it right down the Steelers' throat. And eventually, I feel like you would have worn them down. They came out and they were trying to be throwing the ball and getting Baker Mayfield involved. I thought it was a dumb game plan in general. But nonetheless, when you look at the Steelers' pass defense, when you're looking at pass breakups and things like that, the Steelers did have um, only two pass breakups. Joe Hayden was credited with one, Minka Fitzpatrick with the other, which just happened to be that fourth down play. So people that wanted make, uh, Minka to make a play, I, that's that's what you're getting. It's just not the pick six that everyone wants. So if you're to look at the pass rush and the secondary as a whole, Dave, what do you think? Pass rush, secondary, all together. I was, I, I was good with it. I felt there was a lot of times they were really close to to getting home on Mayfield. He he had the one 
the one scramble where he got away for the five yards. And if you watch that play, it was Spillane. He was held so bad yep. in order to let Mayfield get out there and come up all fired up. That's why I'm so oh glad. Oh, my God. They, I wanted to punch someone over after that. Face. I love it. So oh, I, I called him a name. Yeah. <laughs> and and But look at the number of passes Shirtless. that – a lot of the incompletions were because the passes just weren't very well. If you if weren't very good at all, you know what I'm saying. So, um, which tells me why Baker Mayfield sucks. But at the same time, I I, I feel that the Steelers had a decent game plan of what to do to 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 stop. I mean, you couldn't just sell out completely on the run. You had to worry about the pass. I just thought they did a nice job with everything. I mean, it's not like they any one person was like, wow, this, they were really amazing. You know, I mean, TJ Watts, TJ Watt, and Cam Hayward's Cam Hayward. We know what they are. We know they're really good, and they're going to continue to be really good. But I just think it was just a lot of people doing their job and getting a win and holding a team to 10 points because of that. I know, um, though, I mean, I know this isn't what you asked me about, but the whole, you know, Devin Bush over pursuit is what gave them the 10 yard touchdown um, was a, I mean, did he play much after that? It almost seemed like they were going with Spillane, but uh, I thought he uh, played a great game up until that. Play. Oh yeah, I did too. I did too. So, but I, I don't know what exactly happened there, but in all, I just feel like it was a good team effort. Yeah. Sean Manahan gives us $2 and mentions that, the turnover streak is over. The Steelers did not turn the football over. First that was time a good since thing. Week one. There you go. And both big wins. Go figure. Yep. I do want to get to the sack numbers before we. Uh, I get thrown over to Brian. The Steelers. Um, they had six quarterback hits. Three of those were T.J. Watt, two Cameron Hayward, one Chris Wormley. Um, how I guess Highsmith probably would another one, but it was flagged for roughing. T.J. Watt was given one and a half sacks. Cam Hayward got the other half. Chris Wormley got one. That was where May- Mayfield kind of fell down. And Isaiah Loudermilk, the milkman, he got one. That was the one where Mayfield went out of bounds and Loudermilk was the closest guy. <laughs> Which, but you know what? Bounds. It's justice because he had one earlier this year that got taken back because yes. they accepted a penalty. So in all, the, it evens all, all is right in the world now. There you <laughs> go. All right, Brian, uh, the pass rush slash secondary, what are your thoughts? When you have a lot of drops, a lot of people, and somebody said it on the show earlier, they gave us $5 for it and we appreciate it, but, and Jeff poo-pooed the whole thing. But when you have a lot of drops, it's because of what's going on in the secondary and what's going on with the pass, pass rush. When those, when those balls are falling incomplete, it's because Baker is getting rushed hard. It's because these guys are feeling, uh, they're hearing footsteps. A guy like Jarvis Landry, He's sure-handed. He had a lot of dr- bad drops today. I know he's not 100%, but I think the Steelers were a little bit in his head too. I think they were in Baker's head. I just thought that the Steelers did a really good job on a defense overall. And you mentioned game plan, Jeff. Man, if they play Case Keenum, this might be a different game. And I know Absolutely. I have I, I have love for Case Keenum because I think he's a great backup. But Dave said it the other day. He's better. He is better than Baker Mayfield is not as good as he thinks. Dave and I were having a conversation yesterday, and here's the thing. He said if Baker Mayfield was on the Steelers with the line and the running game and a lot of the situation, he'd probably be lucky to have two wins. So he's playing with a good supporting cast. The Steelers couldn't win with Baker Mayfield because he's not good enough. 
Sorry. Mama didn't raise no wuss. <laughs> oh my gosh everything about that guy he, the only thing he has is good are funny commercials that's the only uh thing all right so oh, they're not even say, funny they're not funny some of them are mm-hmm. uh, before we go over no. to the special teams nope. any Doesn't other thoughts of, any other thoughts or players in the defense that you want to bring up dave I just, like I said, I thought it was a good team performance. It really was. And it didn't seem like last week where they were, where they were in like Seattle in the second half found a weakness they were trying to exploit. It just seemed like everyone, I mean, did you, did Chris Wormley stand out in a bad way in this game? And that's what you need from Chris Wormley. Okay. Things like that. Isaiah Bugs get, gets called for a hold on a play where you could see he was the one being gripped or and wrapped around. <laughs> I still haven't figured that one out. But, you know, when a player like that, other than hearing about a penalty, which shouldn't have been a penalty, when you don't see them standing out in a bad way, that's what you continually need from these other guys on the defense. I just thought overall that they, they, they played a good, good team ball. Speaking of drops, I want to bring this up by Wilson Pava, 499. Appreciate it. He said, even with turnovers, the defense showed up. All of their drops had defensive backs on them. Most of those were forced drops. Browns came in cocky, suffered because of it. Oh, you know, like Miles Garrett showing up in a Halloween costume with all mm. the quarterbacks he sacked on a kid. Get out of here. I'm glad they lost. <laughs> Don't get me fired up. Brian, go ahead. Anyone you want to talk about on defense we haven't talked about yet? Cameron Sutton had some, uh, showed up with some pretty good plays too. And how about Cameron Sutton also getting ready to be the holder? <laughs> like, yeah. Where'd that come from? Good you know, segue, um, Brian. <laughs> so, uh, but y- you know what? I I really liked everybody on that defense. I really liked Minka's game. I love Joe Hayden's game. You think Joe was wasn't a little fired up in that game too to play? And and you could tell. I I just thought it was a complete defensive game for the Steelers, if not a complete game for the entire team. Um, okay, let's talk about special teams. Uh, let's talk about Presley Harvin, uh, big press. He had a couple good kicks. He was also probably a little flummoxed, as they would say. He averaged 44 yards a kick uh, with a long of 56. But it was that your last one. Well, the last one was a 37-yarder. People were calling it a shank. That wasn't a shank. Wasn't he just shank. didn't hit it well. A shank no. is one. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, so I, I wouldn't call that a shank. He did not have an... Mm. But again, he was thrust into being a kicker like, on kickoffs and stuff. I like, as a rookie, not to mention that 37 yard kick came right after a delay of game call where he'd already kicked, he'd already once. punted the ball. Yeah. So I'm not sure how that impacts it. Um, okay. Let's, let's go through some of these super chats that are being thrown in here. Now, Andrew Paladino gives us 499. He says, I don't like to talk about refs, but no flag on the boss uh, hit during the fake punt. Officiating was ugly and inconsistent today. NFL needs to figure it out. We're going to talk about that in a second. Eric Askew gives us $5. Should Ray Ray continue as a punt returner? I have not been impressed. Um, well, let's talk about Ray Ray first before we dive into the whole, the open up Pandora's box that is NFL officiating. So there's been a couple plays by Ray Ray, one mainly in the first half where the ball was, it was not a big kick. And I'm waiting for him to run up and try to just fair catch it. Instead, he backs off and they end up getting like 10 yards of roll. That's frustrating to me. Sometimes I, I think like his judgment's a little off. But guys, special teams in general, we all know about the fake field. We'll talk about that at the beginning of the show. What are your thoughts on the Steelers special teams and maybe where could they improve? Dave, go ahead. Um, I would say for today, the best way to, to describe it is they didn't kill us. 
you know, going back to the infamous yeah. trip to Los Angeles with with Duck Hodges in his first start, you know, where they where Tomlin said he didn't kill us. Didn't it kill wasn't us. it wasn't that they did anything great, but they weren't so bad that they cost the Steelers the game. Um, that's in essence what it was today. It's it should be it should be a point of emphasis moving forward with the Steelers in all aspects of it. I felt when big press had to come in, that's really tough to do stuff with the kickoffs, um, meaning meaning to expect a lot out of the whole unit, especially when the first one goes out of bounds. I thought they did a good job when his kicks weren't as far that they still got down and covered them really well and didn't give up big returns. It, there'd be nothing to you know kick the ball to the 15, 20-yard line and the team starting at the, at the 40, 45 based on the return, but the Steelers covered them well. Um, so they kind of kind of helped out, you know, covering for each other there but in all i would say it was it was not anything obviously didn't cost the steelers a game because they were still able to win but it was, it's still something that they could they need to work on could be a good thing going forward to to as a point of emphasis yeah brian thoughts on special teams you know what i don't think you really have a problem with big press one he's a rookie two he's still averaging 44 and Dave said it. You said it. I mean, that came after he had just punted the ball. Um, we a lot of people are ready to get a new punter in Pittsburgh, but you know, you're not getting you're getting a guy starting his NFL career with some brilliant kicks. So I think he's going to get more consistent as it goes. As far as everything else, it's uh, not the focal point of this team. Sometimes we wish it would be even more of a focal point. Uh, yeah, I, I don't love what Ray Ray does on punt returns, but as far as kickoff returns, I think he's very solid with kickoff returns. We could go back years and remember when they had, they won the Super Bowl with Gary Russell as their, their kick return. They, they had Najee Davenport as Dookie. a, as a kicker, the dump truck. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> if you don't know what we're talking about, yeah, look at great up. story. <laughs> hey, you know, you know what? I, but when Dave says they didn't kill us, yeah, yeah, they didn't. Don't worry about it. Okay. Um, you guys hit the nail on the head there. Let's talk about the officiating. Um, oh. it, are we over-exaggerating in terms of, you know, bad calls both sides? We're just focusing on the Steelers. Dave, I want to get throw it to you first. What are your thoughts on the officiating overall? It's Well, it's interesting because – as soon as the Steelers game's over, while I'm waiting to hear Mike Tomlin's press conference, the the CBS feed goes over to the end of the of the Jets Bengals game, and the Bungles bungle it up. And who gets called for the penalty that basically lets them seal the game? Almost, well, it did end up sealing the game after another first down. Was Mike Hilton called for for lowering the helmet fifteen yards? It, it was. It, it wasn't. It, the the offensive guy put his head down just as much as he did. It was a bad call. So that right there just goes to show. I'm like, it's. I think it's just an indictment overall. It's not an easy job to do this, but like, it's one thing to miss a call and not see it and not call it like the boss thing. That's terrible. That really is. What really gets me is when they call things that aren't there. Like when Joe, they called Joe Hayden offsides on the block field goal. You know, you called something that actually didn't happen. That whole thing with Alex Highsmith on that roughing the passer, the only reason he didn't go in to hit Mayfield, Watt hit him from behind and kind of pushed him forward into Mayfield or pushed Mayfield forward into Highsmith. What was he supposed to do there? You just, 
you know, you're, you're looking at those things and you're just ready to, to throw a flag at any time. And it's like, I feel like I said it on Twitter early on when they made that call on Chuksakor for, for not being lined up on the line of scrimmage. It was a ticky tack call where they're interjecting themselves into the game where they don't need to be the best thing an official can do. Sorry if I'm going a little bit of a rant, but the best thing the officials need to do is to not be a part of the game. Not because you're making bad calls, not because you're not making calls, but when you're a storyline at all, it's bad. Get yourself out of the game, let them play, call the plays that need to be called, and that's it. You're interjecting yourself too much. Brian, the floor is yours. You know, it's like watching professional wrestling sometimes when, you know, the ref gets knocked out and you got to wait four minutes for the other ref to come in and call the rest of the match. You know, you kind of think, and like everybody sees it. Everybody sees Jimmy Hart take the microphone and uh, the megaphone and crack you over the head with it. You know, everyone saw it, but hey, they can't reverse the decision. It, it's it's kind of like that for me, just watching watching these games. But I just felt that if there are bad calls in this game, then it was three quarters of the bad calls went against Pittsburgh and a quarter of the bad calls went against the Browns. It was not even, don't know if it's home cooking. I don't know what it is there. Look, I'm not going to go as far as to say that there's a Steelers bias. It just seemed like, man, were those guys afraid of what those idiots in the stands wearing dog masks were going to do? Or are they going to, it's Halloween. So are they going to throw bite-sized Snickers bars at them? Is that what they're <laughs> afraid that they're going to mix it up with that and dog bones? I don't know. All I know is man, Oh boy. Uh, all I know is that, that, uh, the reference, the officiating's bad and it's Hockley's kid out there. I mean, I mean, you're a Hockley. All you care about is showing off your guns. Start, start watching more football and understanding these games. Yeah, you're right. You are right. I love the uh, reference. Go Dave. Um, I was just going to say, now I lost it because because of Brian's reaction to something that Sorry. On there. that um, that 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 never mind. Go ahead. <laughs> All right, Wilson Pava gives us four ninety nine. His worst special team game of the season, and even then, it was good. We've got kicker and punter right. We need a new return man. Missed the boss conversation. Like the call by Mike T. Well, you'd be in like the minority. The you'd be in the minority. Oh man, what happened to the uh, super chat? I can't get to the other one. Uh, if you have it, Dave, can you get it up there? I'm on the trying to find it. Uh, um, here we go. Gosh, Was it this glitching. one? Yes. Uh, CNOD gives us 499 oh, from Austria. Put it on the shrimp. I knew it was. That's why I pointed. I knew it was coming. I was waiting for it. <laughs> Good day, mate. Uh, all right. Um, oh, I remember what I was going to say about the penalties. I was going to go say, ahead. with everything else going on, at least they didn't throw a single flag for pass interference on either team the whole game. They, 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 they were consistently just not calling it either way. Oh, there you go. And yeah. they let a lot go. They really did. Okay, let's do final thoughts here. Uh, Dave, we'll let you go first. Okay, final thoughts. Um, one thing that I pointed out, I didn't say when we talked about the offense was, um, I Ben Roethlisberger after the first series 
it's almost like he needs that first series to to to, to warm up to his off his young offensive line. Might have been coming out of the bye, maybe not. That it seemed like he was ready to to make his reads after that first series when he realized he was going to have a little bit of time. So there might that might have been part of a little little bit of it coming out slow. Um, once again, coming out of the bye. But the Steelers, that's what they've done again. They started slower coming out of the bye, but they managed to pull off a win. I think this is five in a row now uh, where they've won coming out of the bye. So, yes, it was ugly. Yes, it was low scoring. Yes, there was the field goal thing. Yes, that changed so much of the game. But bottom line is we know that it could. It, it's only three or four plays that if one thing changes one way or the other in these games, it completely changes the outcome. I mean, Pat, Pat Frerbooth, if he doesn't drag his toe on that fourth down uh, with the touchdown, then we're, this everything else plays out differently. And who, who knows what we're talking about um, and, and, and how things go with the, with the Browns being pinned would have been pinned deep there. But bottom line is you scrape, you bring it together, you pull out the win AFC North back to one and one, get that win on the road. On to the Bears. Brian, final thoughts. Cleveland came in cocky. Cleveland was making excuses before this game started. Cleveland talked about how the Steelers were going to knock out Baker Mayfield because they are the dirty team. When that game started, I saw a very dirty team. And it was fitting that the dirty team was wearing the color brown because it was an ugly game from the start with the way the Browns were playing. They were playing classless football throughout this football game. We talked about the refs and talked about no calls. When you don't make a call on a play where Chris Boswell, a kicker, who's throwing the ball, he's not a runner, who's throwing the ball, and the guy launches himself to, to get to Boswell and knock him out, that is where you can go ahead and complain. But this is a dirty dirty team. This is a team that is desperate now. And you're going to find a, a team like this, like the Browns, with no class and no culture, they're going to fall apart. The Pittsburgh Steelers went through a three-game losing streak at the beginning of this season to fall to one and three. And there were still a lot of us that thought they can get this next game, they could turn it around. And when they were two and three, we know that what they can do. When they got to this point, when they were playing the Browns all this week, we said, yes, this is a very crucial game because if Pittsburgh could do this, they can do two things. They could set themselves up for a run and they could possibly destroy the Brown season. Is the Brown season over? No, but they are firmly and securely in last place in that div div division going into week nine, and it's never felt better. Jeff Hartman talks about how much he hates Baker Mayfield. Jeff, I will fight you for that title, because if you hate him more than me, <laughs> then you abhor the man with the white-hot intensity of a thousand suns. When he threw that ball, he should have got penalized for throwing that ball after he was out of bounds and just being a cocky jerk. Man, I'd like to see somebody love them, and I'd love them to be wearing black and gold or white, black, and gold. And when that happens, you know what I'm going to say? Yeah, we're dirty too. 
I'm going to tackle a lot of this on my Let's Ride podcast, which runs Monday at 9 a.m., so check that out. Only on our podcast side, so it's not going to be on YouTube or Facebook or anything, but my goodness, um, there's a lot of Steeler fans that are really nitpicking this win. Why? Just enjoy it. Hey, the Steelers, like you said, one and three left for dead. They've won three in a row. They're four and three. Huge win. Huge. We talked about how ginormous this game was coming up in week eight. The Steelers find a way to win. Be happy about it. Oh, my gosh. Be happy about it. What the heck kind of question is this? I don't even know. Steel City 412 gives us AED. What is that? An automated electric? Is that a defibrillator? 1790. I don't know. What is, the largest... <laughs> what is the largest animal you guys believe you can choke out? Wow. I don't know. Yeah, go ahead, Brian. You're a wilderness. You're a wilderness guy. I bet you. Wilderness explorer. Kakaya. <laughs> <laughs> I, I bet you I could choke out a pigeon because I mean I'm not going up against a cheetah or anything like that. I bet you Dave could choke out a bear. Um but I'll go pigeon. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Oh 